Good morning, YouTube family. Hey, sorry I am so late today and that I missed last week. Well, here's the here's the deal, you guys. My news is that we um we are now we now have a single mom and her child living with us. So um, we invited them to live with us uh, to help them out. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm not used to having a little kid around. <laughs> so having a little kid around tends to, you know, run in and out of the screen, things like that. So they were supposed to leave earlier this morning, but I guess through some miscommunication or no communication, um, I didn't know they were not leaving this morning at the time they normally do. So that's why I am late. But thank you guys for hopping on. So glad to see some are coming on right now. Sorry that I missed you guys last week. Last week was when they moved in. So it was a little hectic uh, trying to get on schedule. And then this week, again, a little hectic because schedules were not communicated, apparently. So we're going to work on that. And now they're aware that I do this show every Thursday. And hopefully we'll just... Uh, It'll be a little smoother from now on. Well, you guys, we are outside again. It is crisp and cool, but very nice. And of course, there's a dog barking ah, because somebody's walking by their house. Okay, well, today's topic, you guys, is why you cannot reason with a narcissist or the new supply. Mainly it's the narcissist. The new supply is a different reason why you can't... <laughs> can't uh, reason with the new supply um, but let's start with the narcissist so you know when you're talking to a narcissist you feel like you're in crazy town because they're not getting it right you, you give them example after example after example thinking that you know you'll be able to convince them of whatever fact you're trying to to share with them they just cannot see it and the reason is because we're assuming that they can empathize, right? We're assuming they can put themselves in our shoes or in another person's shoes and understand what that other person's going through. And the narcissist just cannot see it that way. They will see it their way, um, how it affects them. And, and they cannot see how it affects other people, what they do. They can't, they can't even understand the contradiction that they live in. Because to them, their entire goal and purpose in life is themselves. They're completely self-centered. And they cannot see how it affects other people. And even if it affects other people, why that then um, should matter. <laughs> because to them, the only thing that matters is how things affect them, right? So we're sitting here trying to explain things to them. And they just can't see it. Once they take a perspective on something, it's very hard to get them to shift. It's very hard to get them to see a different perspective. Um, they will always feel like they have to come out a winner. Everything is a contest to them. And everything has to be about them winning. Now, we're when we reason with them, when we try to explain things to them, they just can't see it because they're coming from the perspective of, how does this affect me? And if it affects me adversely, then it's wrong, right? It can't be good. So therefore, everything you tell them is not going to work. That's why when you try to explain to them how it hurt you when they were flirting with somebody else, right? 
they're going to see it as, well, you're just too sensitive. But when they see you flirting with somebody else, or they think you're flirting with somebody else, you may not even be flirting, but they get jealous and they think that you are, then suddenly it's a big deal. You know, flirting with somebody else while you're with them is a big deal. But them flirting with somebody else is just, well, that's your, you're just too sensitive. They're just being friendly with the other person. But they can't see that you were just being friendly with somebody else, right? That's why they live these double standards. And then you try to reason with them. You try to explain to them that, no, it's the same thing. They can't see it. They just can't see it. So it's like them changing or moving the goalpost on you. And that's why you feel like you're in crazy town. That's why you feel like you're being gaslit because you're like, what the heck? None of this makes sense. All right. So that's the first thing. They just cannot empathize. They can't be, even though they experience the exact same thing that you're experiencing, they can't see it from your perspective, right? They can only see it where, from their perspective where it affects them. Now, another reason that it's hard or we cannot reason with a narcissist is because you're, we're assuming that they have the same values that we have. We're assuming that they have the same morals or values, right? And realistically, their morals shift. Their morals shift towards whoever they feel like they identify with. Now, it's not the same as empathizing, okay? What I mean by identify with is when they see a criminal getting the justice they deserve. But to the narcissist, if the narcissist has done the same thing that criminal has done, then they're not going they're going to say, "No, that criminal doesn't deserve that kind of justice. That's cruel and unusual and it's, you know, that criminal, you know, has reasons for why they are the way they are." Because the narcissist has reasons for why they are the way they are. And that's how they identify with the criminal-minded. That's how they identify with those who are the monsters in society. And yet they'll protect the monster. They'll, they'll say that, you know, well, the monster is a human being too, you know. And yeah, but the monster should not be socializing or interacting with the rest of society because that monster is destructive. They're destructive. The narcissist is destructive. And they want to justify their, their existence and their, their, how do you say, their, I'm trying to figure out like, just their socializing, right? And, and, and they're communicating and they're intertwining with society. So if they agree that this criminal monster deserves to be locked up, then they would be essentially admitting that they themselves deserve to be locked up because they think the same way this monster thinks. They take advantage of children, they take advantage of the lesser, they take advantage of the poor, they take advantage. And then they don't see the problem with that because they think that those who got taken advantage of, those who were the victims, deserve it, right? They, they deserve to be lied to if they're going to believe the liar. And you're like, what? <laughs> the circular thinking is absolutely insane. But we we're trying to reason with them. We're, we're thinking that this person surely is not a monster, right? Because they're walking around amongst us. They're our neighbors or they're our friends. We've known them for a long time. Oh my gosh. So I'm coming across that quite a bit right now where people will defend people because they have known them. And here's the weird thing. How well do you really know somebody, right? 
Um, I have friends. So these would be the supply or the flying monkeys or the fan club that has known the narcissist for 15, 20 years, 10 years, whatever it might be, even five years, right? Um, or even one year. The, you know, the supply and the flying monkeys and the fan club will say, no, 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 I know this person. This person is not a monster. This person wouldn't ever cheat. This person wouldn't, you know, and they just portray or they um, project their morals onto the narcissist, assuming the narcissist has the same morals they do because they've interacted with the narcissist. They've probably had them for dinner. They've gone out with them. They may even have been um, uh, romantically involved with the narcissist. So they are going to, they can't admit to themselves that they fell for a monster. They can't admit to themselves that they fell for a horrible person. And by the way, the narcissist is going to be pouring on their charm for the flying monkeys and for the fan club. I mean, they'll stand up the, the fan club. They'll still take advantage of the fan club, but the fan club allows it. They, 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 get, they give allowances to the narcissist to take advantage of them. In, and in the meantime, the narcissist will turn around and look at them and smile and apologize. And they'll think, oh, okay, well, you see, that's a good person because they apologize. Meanwhile, the narcissist is just playing them. Okay, so you have these people who will attest to how wonderful the narcissist is, what a good person they are, the good deeds they've done. They have no clue they've been... Uh, They've been part of the act, right? They've been watching theater all this time. And the narcissist gets something out of them. I mean, narcissists are not a monster 100% of the time. They actually interact with people. I was, I remember this, Um, oh my gosh, it was horrible. And this was truly a monster criminal. I was, hold on, you guys, I got it. How do I do this? I need to set my do not disturb because I'm getting notifications and distracting me. Hold on, you guys. Sorry about that. Should have done that earlier. All right. So I was watching this uh, criminal show where it was a real um, detective story, right? And so it's not fiction. Totally real. They, they interviewed all the detectives. They interviewed all the people who were affected. And, okay, it turns out where this guy, uh, he was pretty high up in... Um, in their in their community like he was I think rather respected not like tremendously respected but he seemed like a normal person right and people around town knew of him knew him they've interacted with him he held down a normal job um, he even had I'm trying to remember if he had an ex-wife or a wife at the time might have been an ex-wife who of course never said anything about what a monster this guy is well, okay, here's the deal. So this guy, he he runs into this woman who is a police officer. He doesn't know she's a police officer. But they've been kind of following him because they've been suspecting that he he's attacked other women in the past, right? So they're keeping an eye on him, and they're like, something's really off with him. So this detective, she, she goes undercover, and she pre pretends she's just a regular person, and he meets her, and she's a little flirty with him. He's flirty with her, and he's like, hey, you should come back to my place. I just built, you know, I have a, a room I just refurbished, and I want to show it to you. And she's like, that was so creepy, right? Anyway, here's the deal. 
she ends up, um, you know, they know that if he abducts her, if he tries anything, they've got to swoop in quickly. Come to find out, I can't remember, I saw the show a long time ago, but come to find out, I mean, as in about a year or two ago, um, he was building a, not a safe room, <laughs> he was building a dungeon in his house um, where there were no windows, there was no, um, I'm trying to remember if the ventilation was like so small, there's no way anybody could fit in it, right? There was no escape from this room. So essentially an escape room um, where there is no escape. And door, it was padded, so you couldn't hear. It was uh, in the cellar of the house. Um, so I can't remember exactly what happened where they they caught him. Like they, they came in and they knew something, you know, what he was up to if he was trying to abduct this woman. And they said, holy cow, when they went into this house, and they did a search. They found this room. And she saw that there was this mattress on the floor. There, It was like a jail cell, but worse. It was a dungeon. And she said, here he is out in the open, you know, inviting her to go to lunch with him. Um, you know, kind of flirting with her, doing all the usual stuff that people do, right? So if you get that instinct... That something is off. This person is kind of creepy. You know what? Go with that. Do not enter their home. Do not get in the car with them. Do not go somewhere else with them where there are no other people. Or even if they say, well, we're going to head to the theater. Well, you don't know that's where they're going to take you once you get into their car. Do not do that. So here it is, you guys. We are assuming that you can reason with a narcissist. And in that case, of course, a psychopath. And because you think that they have the same morals you do, you, you think that they, they see things and you can reason with them. They can see things the way you see them if you explain it well enough. And if you try to explain to this guy what he was doing, what he was planning, and what he had done to other people was completely wrong, he, he wouldn't see it. He wouldn't see it. You know, he might say, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. But in his mind, he's thinking, but I will still do it because I want to do it because I, I would benefit from it. And that's the way the circular thinking that a narcissist has. You cannot break them out of it. And you feel like you're just banging your head against the wall when you're talking to a narcissist, right? And you think, how is it they can't see this? How is it they can't tell? They can't understand that when you rob somebody, it hurts the person you rob. Like it puts them through emotional turmoil. If you've ever been robbed, if you've ever been, um, your house has ever been broken into, or even just, you know, if you, you put your wallet down and, or your purse down or something, and then you turn back and it's gone, or your phone, right? You turn back and it's gone. I mean, you have this moment of disbelief, like, what? It doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't register to you because it's something you would never do to somebody else. But narcissists have no problem taking what's not theirs. And that's, that includes your, your body. That includes what they do to you. They, they don't see that you're a separate entity from them. To, to them, you're just another um, character in their movie that supplies them with attention and gets them what they want in life. 
Yeah, the whole movie is centered around them. So life, all of life is centered around them. So when you when you think that they have the same values you do as far as lying, stealing, cheating, they don't. They just don't have the same values. And you think you're going to appeal to their sense of right and wrong when they don't have a sense of right and wrong. They only have a sense of what benefits me, what suits me, what makes me feel good. That's the way they think. And then you, the more you talk to them, the more crazy it feels. So, you know, I wanted to equate, like, we can understand them. We can kind of understand where they are. And this is where I'm going to take you right now, which is sort of maybe uncomfortable, okay? Um, you know, when you're watching a, a, a game, whatever sport you're into, baseball, basketball, um, football, and, and there's a referee, right? Even boxing, I guess. Um, and there's a referee. I don't watch boxing, so I don't know. <laughs> um and the referee makes a bad call against your opponent, right? They call a foul, a penalty, whatever, against your opponent. And it's an obvious, blatant, bad call. But you're happy because it benefits your team, right? So you're like, yeah, that's right. And then you hear the other, your opponents, the, the fans of your opponents, yelling and crying, like, what a bad call it was. And you just sit there and you're like glowing and basking in the in the sun right over it you're you're just thinking this is great because now your team benefits from it that's the way the narcissist sees life when there are bad things that happen to other people but it benefits them they'll think well that's just the way it is you know that's that's how life goes um you know say la vie that's just you know the way it is but when the referee makes a bad call on your team and it's obvious and you can see it's a bad call, you're like, no, it's so wrong. You throw a fit, right? You're, you're, you get mad at the referee. You start yelling at the referee. And then you see the other team, the, the fans of the other team, just kind of basking in it, <laughs> enjoying the bad call because it benefited their team. Meanwhile, you're sitting here going, it's so unfair, it's wrong, how can they not see that it was wrong? And that's kind of where we are with the narcissist. Except, you know, that, that example I just gave you, most people will come to their senses and admit like, okay, yeah, we, we can see it was a bad call, even though it was against my opponent. I, I can see it was a bad call. If you're honest with yourself, you will recognize that, like, ugh, okay. But you notice that there is a moment in there where you hoped that it was a good call and that it was an accurate call and that there was nothing wrong with it until you see the replay five times and then you're like, ooh, yeah, I can see where, I can see how that was a bad call. But, yeah, the narcissist does not, does not ever see that it's a bad call in their favor they only see it like well that's the way things shake out right that's just the way it happens and except if the call is against them and it hurts them like someone catches them cheating right if someone catches them cheating then that's a bad call <laughs> for them they they kind of they recoil but then they lash out how bad of a call that was i wasn't cheating we were on a break or um 
you know, I, I was feeling neglected and that's why I had to do what I was doing. Nothing they did was wrong. That's their perspective. Whatever it is that they did that hurt their partner, they weren't wrong to do it. They, they had the right to do it. They were entitled to do it. Or they had a great excuse for why they did it. So therefore, again, they're not culpable. They're not responsible for how their partner ended up feeling. Right? They turn it back to their partner's responsible for it. So here we are. We may be friends with a narcissist trying to explain to them what they did to their spouse, how it was wrong, how it hurt other people, how they need to do something different. They can't see it. And here we are thinking, well, if I just keep giving them examples and I keep putting them in situations where they experience what they just did to somebody else, they'll get it. But that's assuming that they can empathize. And that's assuming that they have the same morals that we have, the same values that we have. Yeah. So another thing that the narcissist, you know, the way they see the world and how things happen in the world, when bad things happen to other people. And I've, I've talked about this before. Some narcissists in my life have even said this to me. And I'm like, holy cow, you're crazy. They will say that when bad things happen to other people, it's because they deserved it. It was a consequence of whatever they had done before, right? Maybe none of us know what they had done before, but if this bad thing happens, it's karma. It's coming back to get them. It's, um, they deserved it. Now, if the same thing happens to the narcissist, let's say they're playing the stock market or whatever, right? And they lose a bunch of money. They're not going to say, oh, well, must be karma because I did something a year ago or because I cheated somebody out of money or because I, um, I don't know, I, I blew up at somebody and was a jerk to them. They're not going to see whatever bad that happens to them as karma, as something that they deserve or a consequence of what they did. No, the way they see it when it happens to them is, oh, wow, that was just bad luck. I had some bad luck there. <laughs> I've had narcissists tell me this. Like, they think it's bad luck when consequences come to them. They cannot see that it has anything to do with them being a total jerk to the other person, right? They can't see that it's karma coming back at them. Karma only affects other people, apparently, <laughs> in the narcissist world and from the narcissist perspective, from a self-centered person's perspective. And you don't have to be a narcissist to think these, these ways um, that I'm ex talking about today, but narcissists get stuck there. We visit these places for a moment and we think, oh my goodness, you know, oh man, I just had some bad luck. And then you stop and you think, oh no, it's because... You know, say you're speeding around and you're running every yellow light because you're late, okay? And then you get into an accident. Oh, what bad luck. But then you stop and you think, uh, no, I did it to myself, right? I, I got up late. Um, I stayed up way too late. I didn't get enough sleep. And so that's why I was running late. And that's why I was running all these yellow lights. Um, and then eventually running a red light and getting into an accident. You will eventually see like how... The, the sequence of events 
ended up in this accident. And then you're going to learn from it. You'll say, okay, I'm not going to stay up late like that again. I'm not going to leave my house late. It's just not worth it. It's not worth getting into an accident. Or even if you are late, it's like, okay, I'll deal with the consequence of being late. Like I'll have my boss get mad at me or deduct time from my time card, whatever it is. Um, I'll deal with that consequence because that's better than getting into an accident, right? You you are able to reason, you're able to see where you can affect the consequences of your actions. The narcissist doesn't. They just don't see it. They just think, okay, just keep doing it again and again and again. And they don't understand why they keep getting into these accidents or they keep getting tickets for running red lights. It, they don't add two and two together and recognize that, look, you just need to get up earlier or you need to stop running late to work, right? You need to fix that, fix that the night before, get more rest. Don't stay up late during week weeknights or the night before you're working. So the difference between the narcissist or self-absorbed person and us, and we all can get there, by the way, I'm not saying like you can't get there or I can't get there. We can be self-absorbed. But the good news is we break out of it. The good news is we have a set of morals and that guide us out of thinking this way. We also are able to empathize with other people. So when we hurt somebody else, we can imagine what it felt like being in their shoes and seeing our behavior from their perspective. And then that brings us to repentance, right? That brings us to apologize. That brings us to try to make things right with the person we hurt. And that's the good news because when we live this way, we're going to build relationships. We're going to build really good relationships, not those stupid, shallow, you know, we see each other once a week, sure, for a coffee or at um, whatever rock climbing group or bicycling group. And we think, oh, I know this person because you went bicycling with them every week for whatever amount of time, you know, for a year. And yet you really don't know that person. You've never seen that person interact with someone they love. You've never seen them cheat, lie, or steal, You've you know, because they're bicycling with you. <laughs> Where do they get a chance to do any of that? You don't see them in other settings in life. And because you don't see them in other settings in life, you don't really know who this person is. You only know about them. And the flying monkeys that support the narcissist, that defend the narcissist, that, um, encourage the narcissist even, right? They'll tell the narcissist, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. I completely believe your side of the story. And they never hear the other side of the story. The flying monkeys, the new supply, they're just as hard to reason with as the narcissist. I mean, there's a moment where they might come out of that trance. So they're a little bit more reachable than the narcissist. But if they are tied to the narcissist, if they truly believe in the narcissist and have been a friend to the narcissist, they're not going to be that easy to convince that they made friends with a total jerk, right? They're not, they don't want to believe that they could have possibly let a jerk into their life for as long as they've known this guy or this girl. Oh, greetings to you, Mario. Good to see you here. So, you know, 
when we're thinking about reasoning with the new supply and we walk away, well, we walk away from the narcissist feeling like we just left crazy town, of course. But here we are when we try to also reason with the new supply or any supply, even if it's the fan club or the flying monkeys, right? We're trying to reason with them and tell them how bad the narcissist is. We're trying to expose the narcissist for the jerk or the monster that they are. And the new supply just can't see it, right? I mean, you give example, you even show them pictures. You try to show them evidence. You have testimonials or testimonies from other people that they've cheated, that the narcissist has cheated. And the new supply just won't believe it because they've already bought the ticket for that train, if you will, right? They cannot get a refund. They, they know they're in it for the long haul. They, they believe that they are choosing the good side. And then suddenly they're watching everybody else mount up against them. They're watching everybody else tell them story after story after story of how bad the narcissist was to them. And after a while, this is where the good news is for a new supply. After a while, they actually can wake up. You know, it might, might get to that point where they start to see the cracks in the narcissist mask, right? The narcissist starts to lower their, um, whatever you call it, you know, they, they lower the, the shield that, that they've been hiding behind, right? And the new supply or the fan club starts to see that, yeah, the narcissist is a jerk, you know? The narcissist did say or do the things that they complain about other people doing. You know, when you watch a narcissist's life, if you've been close to some like I have been, like I, I grew up with one, actually I grew up with at least two that I know of, absolutely certain that they are narcissists. Other people may just be, you know, immature and learning as they go, including myself and yourself, right? We, we learn as we go. But a true narcissist, we watch their life and you watch how they complain about other people. And the crazy thing is everything they complain about another person is exactly what they do. Exactly what they do. And you're just sitting there going, wait a minute, but you do all of these things. You gossip. You call other people names. <laughs> you know, they're crying about, oh, this other person's so mean because they, they curse. Oh, really? And then here's the narcissist. They're cursing. Maybe they don't use the same curse words, but they curse the other person. And, and they gossip about the other person. They smear the other person. And then they complain about how the other person smears them. And it may be true, you know, that the other person does smear them. I'm not saying they don't. But you're watching everything that the narcissist complains about. And it's everything they do. And the crazy thing, or kind of funny, I guess, is that um, karma does affect a narcissist. They do tend to surround themselves with other narcissists. They do appeal a lot of the times to other people who are just as extravagant and um, flamboyant or, you know, just attention seekers. They appeal to that and they feed each other. It's absolutely entertaining, actually, to watch narcissists together. And you just go, wow, 
I, I got to stay out of that for sure. <laughs> but you want to stay close enough to watch it because it's, it's entertaining. But it's also frustrating. So make sure you don't get into get too involved with narcissists in your life. You do want to keep them at arm's length. Oh, hey, Obi, good to see you. Oh, thank you for saying that. It says, this channel helped me the most during my healing process. And now I'm successful at handling issues about to get solved. Yay, that's awesome. Trying to see here. Oh, yes, you don't, Mario says, you don't reason with terrorists and agents of terrorism. Exactly. Um, you don't give in to their demands, right? Uh, when a narcissist, I remember that being a thing, gosh, was it in the 80s, 90s? I don't remember. But there was a president who said, maybe it was uh, Reagan, who said that we cannot, um, oh, what is the word, compromise with terrorists. Because when you give them something, they will continue to ask more. Same thing with a, someone who blackmails you, right? If you give in to give, uh, that blackmail and you think, oh, now, now I gave them what they wanted, they'll leave me alone. But no, they come back for more. That's the way it is with terrorists. And, and here's the deal. You cannot trust somebody who blackmails you, right? How can you trust somebody who sees it fit to blackmail, right? or to terrorize, or to oppress, or to hurt, or to lie, and to cheat. You think, oh, I'll, I'll reason with this person that they're cheating, and we caught them cheating, so they're going to, to admit to it, and um, everything will be good. No, because the cheater, what kind of morals does that person have to cheat in the per first place? They're not going to suddenly ha grow this conscience and then admit to it, and then take the repercussions, right? The consequences of the being caught and having done the wrong that they, they've done. We are assuming that these crazy, self-centered, abusive, narcissistic people can be reasoned with. Now, there are some people out there that display these characteristics, okay? Because they've been hurt by narcissists themselves. They grew up with narcissists. They were raised by by narcissists or were hurt by them through siblings or other relatives. And they kind of take on those traits. You know, a lot of times bullies um, have been bullied themselves. Abusive people have been abused themselves. And they perpetuate that bad behavior. Now, does it mean that they're hopeless and there's no way you can change change them or help them or um, get them to see that there's a better way to live. No, you, you can help them because they're not freaking crazy narcissists. Only the narcissists are the ones that you cannot convince. No matter how hard you work, no matter how much you show them, they cannot budge. They get stuck. They get stuck behind that shield of how does this affect me? And they don't stop to think how it affects other people. Whereas those who've been hurt by narcissists, we know exactly how it feels to be hurt, right? Um, others can appeal to our sense of right and wrong, our, our conscience. Others can appeal 
to when we do something wrong that we would eventually come around to see that it was wrong. We can see it. And that's why even if you're hard on yourself and you feel like, oh my gosh, I've hurt people, I've done things that were wrong, your conscience is talking to you. Your, your conscience is coming to the forefront. So what do you do with that? Don't bury it. The narcissist will not listen. I don't even know if they have a conscience. I'm thinking like people must have a conscience. But the truly psychopathic narcissist, they do not have a... For some reason, it's like a, a brain connection that's just not there. I know, I know people who think, oh, no, no. You can, they can change. I'm like, no, they can't change. It's like when you're born blind and, and you don't have that connection to your optic nerve. Um, no matter how much therapy you get, uh, it's not going to be there. Like it, it's not connected. It, you cannot connect it. So the difference between the narcissist and us is that we actually grow. We actually learn from our mistakes. We learn from our bad behavior, right? So there are times that you may have done things that you recognize now was bad and that you hurt people. This is what I would recommend to you. Go back and make it right. If you can, go back and make it right. Even if you have to do it anonymously, like leave them a gift, leave them a donation, do something kind for them. They don't even know that it was you who did it. Okay, if you know like they don't even want you in their life anymore or to interact with you, I know some people who've done this um, and I've recommended this to them as well. Is like, okay, I know that they don't want you ever back in their life again because you hurt them so bad, but just do something anonymously that's good for them or for someone they love, right? Leave, leave a 20 in their path for them to pick up, you know, something like that. Uh, buy a meal for them when you see them in the restaurant, but then leave before they know you were there, right? Um, you know, just putting good things back into their life to make up. If you if they are willing to hear you out, it would be great for you to, to meet up with them and explain to them that you were just a different person back then, that you didn't realize what, you know, the, the wrong you were doing and that you want to make things right. You know, you, you can do that. So the difference between you and the narcissist, or me and the narcissist, is that we're willing, and not just willing, we want to make things right. And we don't want to hurt people anymore. So we're willing and wanting to change. We don't want to be that person anymore. You know, um, a lot of times I, I look at my husband and I think, you know, this guy, he makes me want to be a better person. And good people are like that. And you can be like that as well. I can be like that. And my husband says the same thing to me. And of course, I'm like, really? You know, that's so sweet that he, he says that I make him want to be a better person. Because I'm always striving to be a better person myself. And then when you're that way, you're, you're going to attract other people who are like that. You're going to attract friends who want to be better. And not just where they are and taking advantage of other people and self inflicting their wounds and, and self-focused on, on their misery, you're going to attract people who want to help other people, who want to be encouraging to you and to everyone around them. This is what I love about my friend group. We get together at least once a week. 
we stay connected throughout the week through encouraging messages. Um, and some of us get together, you know, depending because we're we are over we overlap in different groups. So we'll run into each other two or three times, or maybe just two. I guess sometimes three, three times a week. And it is so healing and good to be surrounded by so many good people. Um, the groups I'm in, I'm not saying like there's, well, actually one group is really large. And we have a common goal, and that is to clean out the corruption in our town. Now that group is, is huge. And when you, you try to talk to people who don't see the corruption, they don't see those who are corrupt in our town who hold office, by the way, um, because they're friends with them. They're like, well, I've known this person their whole political career. <laughs> and it's like, yes, and they've done some good. But then there's this corruption underlying what they do, how they've benefited, how they've gotten rich through connections Um and their decisions that they make in office that benefit these other companies. And then suddenly now they are advisors to these companies or on the board to these companies that they had policies or money transferred or, or granted, you know, contracts to these companies. So we have friends who have been friends with these politicians or not friends. Well, actually, yeah, some of them are our friends. And they feel like, oh, I know this politician. I've known him for 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, but do you know their, their insidious con connections to these companies that seem to always get granted the, the contracts and nobody else is being asked to compete for these contracts? Like they're just automatically granted to these companies. Um, right there, that's illegal. I mean, here we are, we're trying to talk to our friends. And I equate them to essentially the flying monkeys, the fan club, or the new supply, or supply, to the narcissist, who's the politician reaping all the benefits of their office. And here I am with a large group of people. By the way, we are the majority. Now we just need to reach out to the masses who who are not aware of who's corrupt and who's not. And and that's the thing, same thing with narcissists. A lot of times uh, the masses don't know the narcissist well enough to know how bad they are. Um, they only run into them at happy hours or they run into them at office, you know, gatherings or get together socials. Um, they, they only run into them when they're out shopping and they see them at the grocery store or something like that, right? And they don't know the narcissist as well as they think. They know of the narcissist and they may have known of the narcissist and run into them and shared some social events with them for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years even, some of these cases. Um, they may even go, you know, live in the same neighborhood with this person. But really, how well do you know your neighbor who lives right next door to you? How well do you know what's going on inside their house? You see them when they come outside their house. So they seem nice enough. You know, you interact and, hey, how's the day going? Yeah, yeah, the garbage man's kind of late today. And, um, hey, I like your garden. You know, how, how do you get your flowers to look so nice? So you have these types of conversations with your neighbor. 
but those are not the kinds of conversations that are going to reveal who the narcissist really is. Just like that crazy criminal I was telling you about who was flirting with a detective and or she might have been just a policewoman and not a detective, you know, worked for the police and she agreed to go undercover and they trained her, you know, what to do, what to say. And um, I think she's she had some idea, but she had never had to deal with a, a serial killer, right? She'd never had to deal with that before. And they suspected him of being that. Well, the guy who was trying to flirt with her was a total serial killer, total monster. So they can behave as if they're normal. They can have a lunch date, which is what he invited her to, a lunch date, and they ended up chit-chatting and talking. And um, I think he, he even had her meet his ex-wife. I mean, it was crazy. And so the flying monkey, the fan club, makes the narcissist seem normal, makes the narcissist seem like, um, well, they have people in their life, so they must be okay. And if we don't listen to our instincts, if we don't listen to our gut that tells us something is really off here, this is really weird and creepy, this is not normal, um, them inviting me to their home when they barely know me, like, why are they inviting me to their house? Like, no, no, thank you. How about we just get to know each other out here? And then the more you get to know them, and, and once you are closer in that internal ring with them, you start to see, they, they start to make mistakes, right? They start to slip. Their niceties start to slip. They start to get more desperate. They want you in their snare. And that's when they give you that weird, uh, creepy, weird feeling. And so, I'm sorry, you guys kind of got off on that. But the thing is, when you're trying to convince the new supply, the fan club or the flying monkeys of how bad the narcissist is, a lot of times they won't believe it because they can't believe that they wouldn't have seen it, right? They, they can't believe they didn't see this person's bad side all that time. But then when you break it down for them or if they would stop and were honest with themselves. They would recognize like, well, I've never actually seen them in a tough situation. I've never seen them have to deal with something that didn't go their way. Like every time you saw them was at, at a baseball game, you know, like, of course, they're going to have fun at a baseball game. <laughs> they're not going to um, show that you what they've been doing inside their home behind closed doors. Uh, when you see them out at social gatherings, they're not going to behave the way they do behind closed doors. Like that, that murderer, that he's not going to show at lunchtime the nefarious plans that he had for that detective, for that woman. So it was really creepy, guys, that show. I, I'll see if I can find it, but... Pretty much any of the crime shows that you watch, you know, you learn a lot about how nefarious these psychopaths are. And by the way, all psychopaths are narcissistic. They just, they don't believe they'll be caught. They think they're smarter than everybody else. They, they are entitled. They feel like they deserve to take whatever from you that they want. And so this is how they live. This is how they think. And when you're dealing with someone who's let's just say, just a narcissist, um, 
there's something that keeps them from being a, a psychopath, but a lot of their behavior is dist is destructive. You know, they they regulate themselves. They limit themselves how far they will go. Maybe because of the fear of getting caught and legally being charged and then maybe going to jail. So it's possible that the narcissist know to not cross that line. But if you get close enough to a narcissist, you will get hurt. You will get to see their narcissistic side. And those who think that they've known these people for a long time have never actually been in that inner circle. Um, they think they are, they, you know, because they, they lap up the, the love bombing that the narcissist does, all the encouragement, all the, all the petting, you know, they do to their supply and their fan club, such as, oh, you're so wonderful, and I so appreciate you, and yeah, you really are making a difference in my life, you know, they'll, they'll say all these platitudes to their fan club. And their fan club buys it, right? They, they believe it. They think that they're valued by the narcissist. And they think because... Oh, goodness, you guys. That's not good. Well, let me see. It is getting windy. And I think that we are just about at the end anyway. So I want to share with you this today. Because I want you to know that no matter what you say to a narcissist... Uh-oh. The water's all the way down here onto my computer. Okay, there we go. Um, and you walk away thinking, how is it possible that they don't get it? Oh, okay, I'm going to stop with that. <laughs> how is it possible that I'm not getting through the, to them? It's because narcissists do not think the way they think. I'm sorry, the way we think. They don't operate the way we operate. They don't operate from a position of conscience right they don't have the same morals they don't have the same ability to empathize and that's why when you walk away from a narcissist a conversation with them where you're trying to get them to understand something and then you're thinking what the heck just happened how, how was I not able to reach this person that's why well you guys I think that is it for today as the weather is trying to tell me I was going to do this inside but those of you who are on at the beginning, my news is that we have a single mom and her child living with us now. And it's, yeah, some adjustment. I mean, it's wonderful. I love it. Um, I love having them here. Uh, we just need to get our schedules organized and coordinated so that we don't have a little kid running around in the background when I'm doing this show. So you guys, um, I guess uh, pray for us. Pray for the single mom. I, I hope that things are going to pick up for her and, and life's going to... I think th things are going to pick up for her. I think they already have. And uh, lots of good things coming down the pike here. So go out. Do good things. Make this world a better place, you guys. Even though we have to live in it with narcissists. Even though we have to live in it with corrupt politicians. Um, go expose the politicians. Make this world a better place. Stand your ground. Stand on truth, and I will see you next week. Oh, sorry. I always forget this part. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, give me a thumbs up, uh, watch a commercial once in a while, uh, share the video. So I appreciate that, and I will see you next week.